Hello and welcome to the Networking Lab. I'm your host, Jamie Stewart from Circle Networks. Are you ready to scale your business in order to earn more and work less? In this podcast, I share insights and interviews with real business owners to reveal what's working for them to help you leverage time and your network to improve your life and business. Hello and welcome. I'm joined today by Paul McGowan. Um, and if you're watching the video of this, you'll see his background um, where he's got Better Call Paul, which is a take on a popular TV programme. Paul, welcome. Hello. Uh, thanks for having me, Jamie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did the, uh, somebody, marketing guru came up with this a few years ago. Uh, you know, in, in what I do in financial services, it can be perceived as dull and it's hard to get across. You kind of, uh, you know, stand make you stand out from other financial advisors. And uh, he came up with this better call, Paul. And uh, and yeah, been running with it for quite a while. I've also got it on my, on my t-shirt oh, yeah. here. Yeah. So, uh, I like so, it. So yeah, it works. It works well. It works well. So thanks for joining us. So a week ago, yeah, it was a week ago today, I ran a training course, my How to Network on Purpose. And you sat that. And I'm always a bit dubious when people come and sit some kind of training with me when they've been doing something for a long time. So we were just chatting before. And how long have you been networking, Paul? Uh, around 15 years, thereabouts, yeah. Um, we're both dog owners. And, and I was joking before that you can teach an old dog new tricks. Um, <laughs> so, so first of all, why did you, what made you book on to come and sit the training? Suppose if I, I mean, in all the times I've been networking, and I'm not here to do down BNI because I know somebody love some people love it. You know, it's mar, it's kind of marmite, but um, I kind of got enticed back into BNI in this last twelve months into a kind of super group. And whilst it was all right at the beginning, it's got to the point now where I really, really just I, I dread Wednesday mornings, and I was looking for other options, and and I met Jimmy Creighton, who's obviously a a member of Circle Networks, and he said, oh, "Well, why don't you come and have a look at it?" Uh, and and I did, um, and I really enjoyed it. You know, I can honestly put my hand on my heart and say it's 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 brilliant. You know, it's completely different, and I think I'm going to be able to build a lot deeper relationships with people. Um, and I just saw your training, and I thought, well, I'm fairly new to Circle, so it's I think it's a good idea to get in the right frame of mind earlier in your networking journey rather than turning up and, and just, you know, waiting to see what kind of happens. And whilst I considered myself a bit of a seasoned networker, as you, as you said, rightly said, you know, you can teach old dogs new tricks kind of thing. And uh, and I thought I'll come, you know, see, you know, how you do it and how you can probably do it better. Uh, yeah, and that's why, that's why I came along. So I, I put it together because, you know, I'm running a networking business. I've done a lot of networking. And I see a lot of people that, and, and I was this person, I was like, well, networking is just speaking to people. So I got invited along, as we all do, we get invited to networking events. So I went to this event, liked it, joined, and just started going without having, ah, without having had any training. If you compare that to something like social media, you might start dabbling with it, but then you want to learn how to do it and improve it to get the results that you want. And it, And I think social media is a good, analogy for this because it's sales and marketing activity and we go networking to grow our businesses there's a lot of other benefits from it as well but you can't the only measure of success i guess from networking really is whether you get a referral or you pick a client up 
those are the, the two things. There are other ones that are indirect in that you can start to meet people that you collaborate with and they become referral partners. You can find suppliers. You can make friends. You've got those people that you can bounce ideas off. And you can you can be part of a supportive community that helps us in business. But the main th- reasons that people go, and, and I'm guessing this applies to you, is to go for either to find clients or to find referrals into clients. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and not just getting new clients, obviously, you know, I work on my own. I do have a full-time member of staff, but since COVID, we've shut the office and it's my daughter, actually, and she, she had, doesn't want to come back to the office because, like a lot of people, she got one dog and then got another dog and now she's kind of tired kind of thing. Um, so I spend a lot of time on my own and it's it's good to to get out of that work zone and actually talk to, to talk to people. I mean, it's not always the same as face-to-face, but having moved up to Cumbria about 18 months ago and a lot of my kind of networking was down in sort of South Manchester area, I didn't fancy kind of going traveling all the time kind of thing so so yeah for that reason that is one of the reasons is to, to meet people and just stop you going mad looking at your computer all day kind of thing so uh so yeah but yeah yeah I, I, you know and that's one of the reasons but yeah we do come to get business there's no two ways yeah. about it and i think my I've kind of changed my sort of niche a bit more. I hate that word niching when I didn't really understand what it meant. And I was quite scared to niche because I can help, you know, personal customers. I can help corporate customers. You know, I can help anybody. And yeah, that's what I've done. And of course I will do. But having learned a little bit more about niching and wanting to sort of work more with limited company owners, then uh, I thought this would be a good, a good, a good place to do that. Yeah, so I I put this together because I see it being like the foundations that people need so that you can, what to do before you go networking, so the prep that you need to do. And, you know, just one of the simple things that we talked about last week was rather than, if it's a virtual, if it's an in-person event, everyone will allow a bit of time for travel so that they get there early because they don't want to be late. Um, and they wouldn't just burst through the door after the meeting had started and interrupt everybody. And the same thing happens with virtual networking. I think a lot of us get in the habit of we have a zoom call at say 10 o'clock so one minute to 10 there's a, a notification pops up on our computer and we just click on it and join an event or perhaps it, we struggle to find it and then we arrive late so what's the prep to do before an event um and, and that includes knowing what you're going to be coming asking for then what to do while you're at an event and then how do you follow up afterwards and have better events and and you sat it in the morning and then took it away and put some of it into practice that evening didn't you i did yeah yeah straight straight off the bat really so uh i kind of had a little think about how i could do things better um and, and kind of wrote a bit of a script about you know the message i wanted to get across to people not just about what i do but who i am and what i stand for kind of thing and uh um and the kind of breakout rooms where we've been having kind of uh, you know your four minute kind of chat with people. It's everybody, everybody bar, bar none gave me really good feedback on you know what I put together. And it's not the finished article. I still need to do a little work on it. But but yeah, it just it just makes you think. And you know one of the things you said as well about and I am that person. You know I'm not too bad at time management. I'm probably not brilliant, but I'm not. I'm, I know probably people that are worse was turning up one minute before and kind of rushing into it and and this last couple of times I've done the network and I've got there got on there 10 or 15 minutes early just give me a bit of time to think and prep for it and just be prepared really it is and and I liken it to I think 
if you think about an athlete maybe that's going to do a 100 meter sprint and they're if they're going to run an important race they don't just suddenly take the tracksuit off walk up to the start line and run their best race there'll have been a lot of prep beforehand and the training that they do but even in the 10 15 20 minutes half an hour beforehand they're getting themselves in the right mental state for it so the right state of mind to be the best that they can be and that's what i think that makes a difference rather than i don't know if we've just been sat at our computer hunched over doing emails which is motionless and no energy involved in it and then we take that state and that mood into online networking perhaps we don't get the same results whereas if you turn up and you're full of energy and you're energized and you're feeling good and you know what you're going to be saying not and you talked about having a script but it's just some bullet points to guide you through explaining what you're doing what you're looking for then you don't arrive and you must have seen this as well as me some people just get to a networking event and then they're like a bunny in the headlights uh, I, I don't know what to say and they just regurgitate the same thing that they said last time that didn't get them any results so yeah uh, I'm really pleased that you took it and you've used it and I think that's the main thing that I emphasize sitting a training doesn't help people it's what they do after that to use it in the business yeah. so tell, tell us a bit about your business Paul so I'm a financial advisor uh, and I do estate planning. So I do wills, trust and lasting power of attorney. And I mean, the kind of backstory is I'm 56 this year, but I joined financial services when I was 17 and I was waiting to go into the RAF. And, uh, you know, I had, there was quite a few months before, you know, I could start my um, course in the RAF, which was in electronics kind of thing, which is bizarre. I've ended up doing this, but my dad, um, basically said to me, well, you're not sitting on your backside all over the summer. You can go and get a job. And I, I just saw, I saw this um, advert in the newspaper, as it was then, none, none of the online kind of stuff. And it was a trainee insurance agent. And uh, I thought, well, why not? I'll give it a go. And I told my dad, and he said, don't work in insurance. He's, he's, my dad was Irish. He said, they're all crooks. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I, I went for the interview and I got the job. Um and it was kind of very people based and you know met some good people but the fundamental thing was the money because my brother was on the yts at the time as an electrician and his first wage was 28 pound 50 and my first wage was about 140 so uh, wow. i was on a lot more money than all of my friends and anyway i kind of just fell into it and uh the RAF went to, to one side and I kind of started off as the old fashioned like the man from the Prue knocking on your door collecting your insurance premiums and kind of progressed through you know through 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 that part of a career employed and ended up being a kind of sales manager and then a branch manager um and then got to the point where I had quite a lot of staff on me I was the youngest branch manager in the UK at the time but the sales pressure from upwards you know the upwards management kind of chain being pushed on me then sort of pushing on some my staff I just got to the point where I hated it and I said to my wife I'm, I'm, I'm going to jack it in and do some you know get another job in financial services and at that point we just had a baby we just doubled our mortgage so timing wasn't you know the best but anyway and then that 25 26 years ago I actually started proper as a financial advisor running my own business and that's what I've been doing ever since love it so what do you do to help people now then um, well, we do um, we do mortgages, we do kind of personal protection uh, stuff. I do wills and things like that. Um, 
I don't personally do an awful lot of mortgages at the minute. I've got a couple of self-employed advisors and I kind of, uh, I, I can sit at the first meeting with the client sometimes and then kind of ask them to take it over. Um, I do a lot of protection products, you know, for individuals and for business owners, uh, such as life assurance, critical illness, income protection cover. Um, and that's where my passion lies in is, you know, people might think I'm a bit of a saddle because I like talking about insurance, but I do because of people need it. And a lot of people realise that, you know, they just uh, sometimes think it's dead expensive or they think, well, it never happened to me, but it does. And it happened to me. So, you know, and, and that's, that's that's the kind of stuff we do. And then I've always done wills and trusts for the last, the last empire of attorney for the last 20 years because it's one of the most fundamental bits of financial planning that people should have, but they just don't get round to it or, you know, they think about it and then it's a fleeting thought and then they get on with the busy life and stuff. So you're right. It's not one of those exciting things that people aspire to talk about or get involved with but just you mentioned there that you needed to use it a few years ago what was that so 11 12 years ago i had a marital breakdown and um it hit it hit me really really hard i was sat at my desk in my office one day and i had a panic attack and i'd heard of panic attacks but i didn't know actually what they were and i didn't actually know what was happening um but that's what it was and uh, it led to a spiral of real bad mental health issues um, where I ended up splitting up with my wife and moving into a flat um, and basically got to the point I was off work for 18 months I just couldn't get for the first few months I struggled to even get out of bed um, and kind of had to try and deal with you know, the marital breakdown and everything else and all my kind of stuff that was going through my head um one of the things that i did at that point in time was that i started climbing um indoors and outdoors and i kind of did it every single day for probably close on 12 months um got pretty good at it actually funny and pretty pretty fit as well but that that doing that was my escapism where I because you when you're kind of worried about falling off the rock face or something you, you kind of you don't think about the mental health stuff and that that really helped um but uh I, luckily for me you know I talk to clients and people about having making sure that you know for me it's the most fundamental thing is that your income needs to be protected you know whether you're employed or self-employed because a lot of employers don't really pay any sick pay statutory sick pay only um and i defy anybody to try and survive on state benefits because it's just impossible uh, but luckily for me um i uh, have a product i had income protection in place you know and that paid me three grand a month and just gave me time to sort of get myself better without having to worry about the impacts of illness and mental health issues and also money issues on top of all of that kind of thing. So I think it will, it was fundamental in helping me kind of get back to where I am today. And we, we had this conversation recently, I think when you become an entrepreneur and you start your own business and you leave a job or corporate life, you leave a lot of benefits behind that you don't, You've never perhaps you've never used them and you don't give them priority. And your focus initially, probably for the first few years, is on building your income, not necessarily including in that as a necessity some of the benefits 
that you might have had in a job beforehand. And and I include pension contributions and um, various, you know, like death in benefit, uh, death in service benefits, or you know, sickness and um, healthcare. Those things are really important, and and I appreciate people can't afford them when they first start out. When you, but they've got to be on your must-have list sooner rather than later. And I think, for argument's sake, let's say someone sets themselves a goal of two grand a month because that's what they know to live on. They need the extra few hundred. They need to know what they need to be earning in order to cover the extras that they need as well, and that needs to be on there. Um, and and that led you on then. So your own experience, I guess, has helped you helping other people. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think, you know, I think my passion shines through when I speak to, to clients. I mean, I was an IFA at the, you know, the beginning of my career and we talked about people's pensions and, you know, their goals for achieving a comfortable retirement and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and yeah, absolutely. You know, we, everybody needs to plan for that completely. Um, but I used to say to clients at the, you know, when I was talking about pensions and, all that kind of stuff is that, you know, find a little piece of your budget to make sure that you've got some protection in place. Because, you know, if sadly, if you do suffer illness or God forbid you pass away, I mean, your, your retirement dreams are going to, they're going to vaporize you, that you're not going to achieve them, you know, and that, and you mean the statistics in our industry where, you know, that where, you know, people, I think the average person's got two weeks wages put away or two weeks savings. Um, um, and and you know that it soon it'd soon be gone. So yeah, and it it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. I mean, I've always said you know I I kind of talk about found foundational uh, planning in terms of financial advice, and I, I liken that to building a house without foundations on it. And that's like building your business. You're building this business, you know, to achieve this goal, you know, to give you financial freedom, you know, etc. But if you don't have them foundations in place, that you know it'll all kind of, you know can all come toppling down. So get those kind of stuff in place. As I say, it doesn't cost a lot of money. There's loads of ways of doing it, just so you've got something in place, and then we kind of tend to build upon that. So let me ask you a question: How is so you've been doing this a long time? I'm guessing that you've had a lot of sales training over the years. You've been doing this since you were 17 in various different roles, companies. Why why networking? Why do you go networking? Um, I kind of started networking with him being I about 15 years ago. And I think I'm a per people person. I mean, people's perception of me when they kind of maybe see me on a, a video is probably not what they would meet in real life because I'm quite a gregarious character. Right? I, like, I like a pint. I like a right good laugh. But obviously, when you're on video, it's a bit difficult to come across that way. Um, so... I just like meeting people, really, and, and in the earlier part of my career to sort of build my contact kind of uh, database, if you like, with it was it kind of seemed a natural way to do it, um, and you know, and that's what I've been doing for kind of many years, really. But I, I do enjoy networking. I mean, again, I'm, as I say, I'm not here to assassinate other networking organisations because they work for some people and don't work for others, but. Um, but I think networking if is a fundamental part of your marketing plan. And you know, I spend a fair bit of money on networking because it does it does get me results. And I can I can sometimes I mean I did I did some business last week with a client um who's probably been my one of my longest clients, I've been for about 25 years. 
and he rang me up and I've got some more business to do with him and I can track that back like that first interaction with that client came from networking all those years ago and you know he's gone on to recommend me to all his a lot of his friends business owners you know family and stuff like that so almost every single time I can track it back to a, a somebody I was introduced to from networking word of mouth marketing is huge but it's and it comes natural for some people. Others, they put effort into it and then they reap the benefits. And come right back to the start, you, I, like, I love that you just don't assume that you know everything and you can't get any better. So you booked on to come to this training. So for anyone listening to this, if you're not involved with Circle Networks, we run the, I run this training. It's a two-hour online workshop and it's free to Circle Networks members. If you're not in Circle Networks, it's £99. To me, it makes sense to join Circle Networks and, you, you know, for £50 a month, you can come and do it as many times as you like. So, Because I, I want people, we don't force people to come to any training, but I want people to make the most of their investment in time by knowing what to do. Um, and I'm excited. So if you, and, and it was interesting because someone said to me after last Monday's event, oh, wow, you know, I've met Paul a couple of times now, but tonight there was something different about him. And people are already noticing the change in you just from coming to that workshop last week. So I'm really excited to see what happens with your business. Um, if someone wants to find out more about your business, Paul, what would be the best way for them to do it? Um, well, I'm, I'm quite active on social media. So you find, you'll find me on LinkedIn quite a bit. Um, Facebook, well, I have a business page, but I rarely use that. It's my personal uh, page. I've got. I do post some stuff on Instagram. Well, well, my daughter does. It does for me. It's a bit beyond me. Instagram. I don't really get it. But anyway, uh, and you know, my, they can always go to my website as well. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I love that you didn't just come to the train and that you took action and used it. Used it the same day, but then you came back and told me how you were using it and how it's worked for you, and then said, "You know what? I'll happily do a podcast with you, Jamie, as well." So, really appreciate that. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Right, I'll speak to you soon. Okay, cheers.